We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. NBR Broncos podcast on this magnificent President's Day Monday. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Zach Steven, joined by my man, Andrew Mason, who's back. And before we talk to Mace for the first time in a week, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Over at MSU Denver Online, you can earn your degree while continuing to live your life. You can build your schedule of classwork around what you already have going on so you don't have to stop your life in order to get a degree or take a class. So check out all the programs and all of the classes they have to offer over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, welcome back, my friend. Yeah, uh, it's great to be back, at least for another, what, about three hours or so before the cold front moves through? Oh, yes, you're going to wish you were in Florida uh, this week. Yeah, or back in California like I was last week. Yep. And it was, you know, there were, there were some days where it was about 80 degrees, a couple of days around 70 plentiful sunshine only one day where it, it rained it was a lovely southern california week mm, so lots glad of, to hear lots of roller coasters and which one was the favorite ones. one uh let's see probably at disney's california adventure okay probably the Incredicoaster and Incredicoaster because the theme is the incredibles animated uh movies and that's really cool. It's one of those coasters where they kind of they, they kind of give you a launch and then you go up through a tunnel and then down. And for my third grade daughter, 
she's now just tall enough to start going on a lot of those thrill rides and mm. she has become a thrill ride enthusiast there there are probably rides that she would get on that i wouldn't get on i've got a pretty <laughs> high, high high tolerance for that sort of thing so it was a lot it was a lot of fun and uh i'm i i'm gonna i said on twitter i'll say it here it was good to not have to think about Aaron Rodgers for a week. <laughs> I bet. I bet. And Mace, we've talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers, talked about him last week. But today, surprisingly enough, there are 21 other starters on offense and defense, if there you can are? believe it. There are. It's not just than, the quarterback? It's not wow, just the quarterback. That's great. Let's but do it. Why we've talked about the quarterback is if you don't have a quarterback, nothing else matters. But there is a chance that the Broncos go a different direction with their first-round pick this year. And so I want to break down the other 21 positions on offense and defense, assuming they don't go kicker or punter in the first round. Let's talk about these. And first, though, I think where we need to start is by ranking the Broncos' positions of need outside of quarterback. So let's just let's just before we rank them, let's just take a step back and look at all of the positions of need. Mm-hmm. Where, l- let's start on the offensive side of the ball, putting quarterback aside because everyone knows that's the biggest position of need. Do the Broncos where, where do the Broncos have positions of need on the offense? You could say maybe you're looking up grade center. Okay. Although I think that could be as simple if you decide to, that Lloyd Cushenberry isn't the guy. That could be as simple as Graham Glasgow coming back on a restructure, sliding into center, and your guards end up being Dalton Reisner and uh, and and Quinn Miners, or maybe Natani Muti pushes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that. So I I think while that is a need, I think that's one where you've got an easy internal solution. And then I think the next and then the next one is of course right tackle. Right. And it's do you want and. George Payton has given the indication that he wants to solve this for the long term. Bobby Massey was a perfectly cromulent right tackle last year. We talked about him a lot. He had a good season. He dealt with injuries that tend to happen when you're getting to be a 9-10 year veteran, but he was a solid right tackle. But it was just another turn of the turnstile, so to speak. If you're going to solve it long term, it's either free, it's either it's either free agency or a day one or day two pick. And please, please, yeah. if the Broncos are going to invest in right tackle, which they need to eventually, please have it be the draft. They've tried in free agency too many times, and the best one was Bobby Matt Massey last year. So if they're going to go sign someone to be a short-term answer, mm-hmm. it should 100% be Bobby Massey. Just bring him back for a short-term deal. But that is a position that the Broncos will need to address in the draft at some point. But I agree, Mace. The offensive line has to get better. It has to be better. But I think you're right. In terms of the interior offensive line, their answers, at least for this year, are on the roster already. Lloyd Cushenberry, still the starter, projected to be the starter. But Graham Glasgow is a guy who already took that restructure, will be on the team this year. He's a guy that can absolutely slide and take his place. And... uh, you got to think that that's what the Broncos are thinking right now because the Broncos brought Glasgow back on a restructured deal. They're not going to want to sit Quinn Miners, especially with what he he proved last year in, in some short flashes. They want him to play right guard. And then maybe what you're talking about is if Lloyd Cushenberry takes a step up, maybe you have a competition with Graham at, at, and Dalton Reisner at left guard. If not, then I think it's pretty obvious. You put Graham at center, and boom, there you go. So the biggest need, and with Garrett Bowles' contract, he's obviously mm-hmm. the left tackle for this yeah. year. So, so the biggest outside need 
is certainly at right tackle because we keep talking about Bobby Massey. He's not under contract. He was a one-year guy last year. Yeah, and I think maybe Massey is somebody that if you need him, let's say you go through the draft and you don't address right tackle, you can probably bring him back after the draft. You know how there's always a flurry of signings right after the draft takes place Mm -hmm. because teams weren't able to fill a roster hole with a rookie right. coming out of those three days, and then you just sign him. Bobby Massey's probably still going to be on the market after the draft, so you can just kind of probably kick the can down the road and then see if you're able to address right tackle. Now, again, just because you want to doesn't mean you can because the draft board may fall a certain way where somebody uh, that you liked doesn't fall to you or – you get unbelievable value. Like you could sit, let, let, let's say you're sitting there in round two with your first of the two picks and an edge that you had, say, 15th on your board is sitting there. Mm-hmm. Then you say, okay, we have to take the value. We'll worry about the rest later. Right. And right. that's, and, and that's why you can't close the door on it because you don't want to be locked into taking a specific position. Yep at any point in the draft. And frankly, I mean, that was one of the reasons why the Broncos succeeded last year because they were able to kind of be flexible. They were able to say, okay, we can get some more value by moving down. They were able to evaluate the draft board, evaluate how things were falling and say, okay, the value is right to move up and get Javante Williams because he fell out of day one, even though I don't think there was really much separation uh, between Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and... Javante Williams. That yeah. was the cluster. Two of them went in round one. The Broncos were were able to kind of massage how the draft board fell to get him in round two. So you always want to have that flexibility. But I think if you put a gun to George Payton's head today, he'd get that right tackle probably on day two. Yep, and that would that would be good. And like you said, yeah, Bobby Massey. If not, all right, let's move just outside of the offensive line. Tight ends. Is there a need there? No. No, they, they, there's, <laughs> there's really not, and that's a good place to be. Noah Fant still needs to prove that he can be an elite tight end, but he's certainly good enough, and you love Albert O as a two, uh, and Salbert as well. Uh, you, you, love, you love what he brings, so mm-hmm. no need there. Running back. Obviously, starting running back is not a need for the Broncos, but Melvin Gordon, even though he acts like he's on the team right now, mm-hmm. he's not under contract this year. Do the Broncos without Melvin Gordon have a need at running back? They do, but it's a need that you can address on day three. Okay. Pretty pretty easily. And in fact, maybe even push it to late day three. And you could have a, a, a mid to late day three pick and an undrafted running back. We've seen the Broncos have success going that route. It's with Mike Boone and Javante Williams, if you don't bring back Melvin Gordon, you're you're looking for somebody who could be a number two, but also can be a number three, mm-hmm. basically. You, you, somebody that you don't have to really put a lot of pressure on. And and, and running back is such a fungible asset in the team-building calculus. That's one where you kind of instinctively say, okay, unless there is extreme value at day two with a running back that falls, you're comfortable with a round four, round five back. I think. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. If you want to make this an incredible one-two punch like the Broncos had last year, then you do need an upgrade. But you drafted Javante Williams in the second round, so he can be your dude moving mm-hmm. forward, and that is where the Broncos are. All right, Mace, not a lot of holes so far, not mm-hmm. in any major holes. Wide receiver, I think we're going to find the same thing. Yeah, unless you uh, 
are making a trade that deals from the depth at wide receiver, you're fine there. I mean, the, the only thing that maybe you'd think about, and again, this is if you are making a trade, but that would lead to another discussion regarding whether you even have the number nine pick. If right. you're trading from that position of depth, then are you looking for a more a more pure slot as your third as your wide receiver three? How do you feel so, about KJ with that role? Uh, not the not the route runner you want. Okay, and also with his knee injury and the hamstring issues, you can't rely on him. If KJ Hamler is part of is a valuable part of the receiving rotation, it's a nice bonus. But you can't sit here on February twenty one and say. We know KJ Hamler is going to be a part of this group. You yep. just after the last two years, the injury history, you simply cannot rely on that. If he is healthy and contributes, it's just a nice bonus. Yep. But it's not something. It's it, it's basically like a like a great appetizer. You don't need it for the meal. Mm-hmm. So. I, I I completely agree. You don't count on KJ. But even right. if you don't count, if you're not counting on KJ. Mace, the Broncos are fine at wide receiver mm-hmm. right now. So it's pretty wild that on the offensive side of the ball, the part of the ball that the Broncos have had so many issues with since <laughs> Peyton Manning was here, there's more positions that don't have need than there's positions that have need. And that's even including the quarterback position. The Broncos are in a good spot on offense outside of the quarterback position, which is why the Broncos have been in such a bad spot for since Peyton was here because they haven't had that quarterback. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how would you like to play? Oh, that's, basically what, that's basically what you're at here. I mean, you got yeah. all this, but the it, the big thing in neon lights, right? And that's yep. why it's queued up uh, so so much discussion. But as we'll get into, and the kind of theme of this podcast is going to be, there's a universe where the Broncos do not, not only don't trade for an elite quarterback, but don't pick a quarterback round one. Yes, absolutely. And so let's flip to the defensive side of the ball where that's been the strongest part of the Broncos Mm. even since Peyton Manning or even when Peyton Manning was here uh, in 2015 and and parts of 2014 as well. And get to that and really quick, want to ask everyone who's tuning in live to make sure you're watching us on YouTube. That's where you can get in on the live chat. And also hit us with a thumbs up, please. Subscribe to our channel. It all really helps us and we really appreciate that and of course when you are tuning in live drop into the comment section hello say hello we want to get to some of those comments in the third section mace let's jump to the defensive side and i think it's a different story i think we're going to be talking about how there's more positions of need than no positions of need on the defensive side of the ball and let's start up front with the big boys defensive line how do the broncos positions of need stack up here it's a secondary need not a primary need yep because Maybe you do move on from Mike Purcell and and just clear a little bit of space contract-wise. But if you're looking for a nose, you're looking for somebody that you can find probably late day day two, early day three. And you might even have an an internal option by seeing if McTelvin Najim can handle a little more of, of that role. Certainly, you know he's going to be part of, of the rotation. And yeah, he's not a pure nose, but you might want to get a little bit more oomph, as Vic Fangio might have said, <laughs> in, the, in the pass rush, and he could provide that. So I do think it's an interesting conversation if, say, you want to talk about Trayvon Walker out of Georgia, who's 275 pounds and uh, you look at him and say okay he can be an he can be an edge he can be 
you know, he, he can be a five tech uh, on the defensive line. You don't really want him as an exit two seventy five. You want him, you want him on the D line, but also he you might want him to bulk up a little bit. So you could find ways for Trayvon Walker to play, but he might not be starting for you right away just based on having Draymond Jones and Shelby Harris up front. Yeah, I think obviously Draymond and Shelby are your two starters that you really like, you're counting on, you really hope that Draymond continues to take the steps that he took at the end of last mm-hmm. year to turn into a legitimate uh, force on the defensive line, and you know who you have in Shelby Harris. But Mike Purcell, mm-hmm. like, like you said with K.J. Hamler, yeah. he, if, if he comes out and plays this whole year, that's a cherry on top. I don't think you can count on him. Macy started half the games the past two seasons because of injuries that he's had to suffer and mm-hmm. battle through. So that's a guy, he's a cherry on top. You need to kind of address that defensive uh, nose tackle. But like you said, that may be the least, uh, the, the the smallest investment that you have to make of any starter position. Right. I mean, you're talking about 40% of the snaps, right? Yep. Maybe being generous some games yep. by saying 40% of the snaps. Now, we're going to probably maybe get a little bit of an idea this week what Ejir Evero is thinking in terms of his plans for the defensive line. Yep. But just kind of looking at a, co- a, a cost-benefit analysis, I don't think you're taking a nose before that pick that you got from the Rams at the end of round three. Absolutely. I think that's the earliest you would go for that spot because you are talking about relatively minimal use. I mean, there, put it this way. There's not a Vita Vea in this draft mm-hmm. Vita Vea, who is somebody you put on the inside but is so dominant that you, he, you'd have to, you would you would get your use out of him. There just isn't that guy in this year's class right that is 330, 340 that would play that would play that many downs so you can't rationalize uh, a high pick on on a nose tackle or even like I said probably you get again you probably get down to pick 96 from the Rams before you even think about it and more likely kind of like third team running back you're talking about day three yeah and so you're talking about a need but not a pressing one mm-hmm. at linebacker inside and outside there is a need here mm-hmm. specifically Mace outside linebacker and we heard George Payton tell DenverBroncos.com a few weeks ago that the Broncos will address outside linebacker yeah. doesn't mean they're going to have a huge investment but should they they should The question is kind of the value, and this is where it could be a debate between inside and and edge. Now, there are some who say, "Look, you can get value for as far as an off-ball linebacker. You can get value on on day two, even in in the day three. But you are also looking for somebody who can cover a tight end effectively, and those inside backers who can cover tight ends effectively." They're relative unicorns. They're hard to find. Mm-hmm. So if you're Peyton and you're looking at your complement of picks, are you able to find a helpful edge rusher early in the second round and then maybe you look at N'Kobe Dean or a guy I really like. I love Devin Lloyd mm. out of Utah. Yep, Absolutely love him. Yep, And his skill set, I think what to me what separates him from Dean is he projects as better in coverage. And so you start thinking about what you have to face in the AFC West. You're fa- you know, you're you're facing Travis Kelsey. Like Darren Waller of course with with the Raiders. The Chargers always have tight ends that that, that they target. 
even though they've kind of gone through a little bit of a shuffle here in the last few years. What could help you more? And what is what is harder to find? A good edge rusher who can rush the passer or a, an inside linebacker who can potentially be a plus player covering tight ends while also being able to handle everything else and 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 work in the box as well. It's and a, it's, then, a, it's a it's an interesting debate here to have. Yeah, which one's more difficult to find and which yeah. one's more valuable and how uh-huh. do you weigh those? So so big need at both of those positions. Cornerback, is there a need there? There's a you know there's a need, but you might have you might have an internal option in someone who was forgotten for most of the year, but I thought played really well. In the season finale, and that was Michael Ojemudia. Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, we're not talking about a starter. You've you've got cornerback one, cornerback two. Yep. PS two is going to be an excellent number one. Ronald Darby is a perfectly fine cornerback two. Yep. And you're going to see a lot of schematic similarity probably going forward in 2022 to what you saw in 2021 even though the staff has changed. Evero was around Brandon Staley with the Rams in 2020, and the Rams kept most of those concepts in 2021 with Raheem Morris making the defensive calls. So you're bringing Evero in for some new ideas, but also a decent sense of continuity. So that's going to help Darby. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help PS2. The question, I think, is can you find do you think OJ Mudia can be a slot that you can rely on or are you going into the draft or even free agency and this is where you think maybe about bringing Bryce Callahan back at the right price heck you know who I'd think about bringing back if 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 you had the chance to not Kyle Fuller Chris Harris Jr. Ah, yes, a free agent, and he's someone uh-huh. that, that has expressed that he's not looking to sign with the team right away necessarily. He wants to find the right situation. That's absolutely someone, man, a reunion with him, a reunion with Vaughn. Now we're talking the 2015 Broncos defense. Chris would cost a lot less, He I think. certainly would. I totally agree <laughs> with you there. And so, again, the Broncos have a need yeah. at cornerback, but not a pressing one. And final one here, safety. And remember for this one, the Broncos, Kareem Jackson is a free agent. So that dynamic duo that the Broncos had with Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson could come to an end this year. Yeah, and this is where you were probably leaning on the progress of Caden Stearns. Mm-hmm. I think it's a need maybe you talk about a year from now if Caden Stearns doesn't progress, but I would be shocked if Stearns isn't the week one starter. The only way he's not the week one starter is if things come together to bring K-Jack back. Right. And that could happen. I mean, but I'm not sure it happens in a universe where the Broncos still have the number nine pick. Mm. If the Broncos trade that for a high-level quarterback, right? then I think you could see K-Jack take a well-below-market-value deal to be on board that train. Right. And if not... We got to remember last year, George Payton cut Kareem Jackson, brought mm-hmm. him back for half the money. And I just can't get that quote out of my mind about Vic Fangio saying Kareem Jackson is one of his favorite players of all time. Vic Fangio was a huge, huge Kareem Jackson guy. George Payton, mm-hmm. 
he was willing to move on from him. So I do think it's the Caden Stearns era, unless they do get an Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Kareem Jackson wants to be along for the ride. Okay, Mace, I want to get your opinion on ranking these guys, how it stacks up for the Broncos pick at number nine. But first, I got to tell you about our friends, Michael and Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. Michael and Virginia Chevalier, their ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. There's so much stress, especially now when you need to get something, you need to get it quick. Michael and Virginia will take the stress away from getting that interest rate. And they look at more than just an interest rate when you're buying and refinancing. They look at your entire financial picture and they're able to do that because Mike is a, Michael is a certified financial planner so he can look at more than just an interest rate, which is so key in approaching these things. And for our listeners, they have a fun perk for you guys. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you'll enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do and you'll get set up with a free consultation by visiting them over at dnvrmortgage.com that's michael and virginia chevalier over at chevalier mortgage check them out at dnvrmortgage.com michael chevalier nmls 1931006 virginia chevalier nmls 1910631 also want to tell you about us here at dnvr and of course we're doing this broadcast from the dnvr bar as we do most shows not all but most of them uh, we're going to have some rogue shows next week. Of course, come on down to the DMVR bar. If you're a DMVR member, you'll get a big beer, one of those big Breckenridge brews, if you like, for the price of a smaller beer. You're also going to get discounts on merchandise at the DMVR locker, which, of course, you can access online or uh, right here at the DMVR bar with our shop just there in, in the back uh, of the of the dining room here. We've got, got watch parties going on. Of course, the NBA All-Star break has come and gone. The Nuggets will be kicking it back up. We've got the Avs going on. The Rapids, of course, had a watch party last week for their game in the CONCACAF Champions League, and uh, they're going to be at it again later on this week. So there's always plenty of stuff going on at the DMVR bar and plenty uh, to be a part of. If you're a member, of course, if you're a member, I mentioned the discounts on merchandise i mentioned the big beer for a price of a small beer you also get to read all the content that we pump out here at dmvr on the denver pro sports teams plus csu plus CU. So check all that out. Plenty of perks to becoming a member of DMVR, so subscribe today. And also, when you're here stopping by the bar, you're probably going to get yourself a Breckenridge Brewery and they are delicious. You can't go wrong. And right now, this week, it is every single type of weather for Breckenridge Brewery. You can get a Strawberry Sky. Then later this week, you can go Hot Peak IPA. When it gets really cold, that will help warm you up. And on top of that, if you can't stop by the DMVR bar, go to the Breck Bre- Breckenridge brewery website to find their breck beer locator which will help you find where bars have the beers that you're looking for and also what liquor stores so you can get them no matter what part of the country you're in breckenridge brewery is of course the official beer of dnvr all right mace if the broncos are on the clock with the number nine overall pick they still have that pick and they're not going quarterback what's their biggest position of need we just talked about all of them what's the biggest as of today, the biggest position of need is edge rusher. Mm. And it's not just because what you got from Malik Reed and Jonathan Cooper, Stephen Weatherly was just okay. There were some flashes. Uh, the bigger thing is you can't rely on Bradley Chubb yep. as an alpha edge rusher. Yep. Just because of the injuries. Yep. So you were... You are looking for your your number one edge for the long term here. 
Mm. So it's a bigger need. But again, again, it just comes down to value. When you see, you know, like take, for example, when you see Trey Hendrickson, it took him a while to develop. Yep. And he was, I believe, a fourth round pick when he came out of Florida Atlantic. And look where he and look where he is gone. And we see that, uh, you know, there's you can go down the list and find uh, plenty of edge rushers who didn't pan out in round one. So are you better off trying to take care of the of inside linebacker and find it and try and maybe find that unicorn? Now, again, if the draft board falls a certain way, if Kayvon Thibodeau falls to number nine, he's probably going to be your pick. That would be pretty sweet. It would be pretty sweet. It would be something, and I don't think it's going to be likely when all is said and done. No, I I agree with you. And, Mace, I agree with you about outside linebacker being the biggest need if the Broncos aren't looking for their future right tackle. Mm -hmm. And this is a big if because if the Broncos get Aaron Rodgers, if they get probably even if they get a Kirk Cousins or a quarterback that can help them win right now, well, then what do you want to do at right tackle? You want to give that that quarterback you have the best chance to win right now, which is not going a rookie right tackle. Mm-hmm. It's by going with Bobby Massey. But if the Broncos, let's say they look at this and they say, we're rebuilding, I think right tackle becomes the biggest need for the Broncos moving forward because left tackle isn't necessarily set for the future. It's set for this year because of Garrett Bowles' contract. He's going to be here. But I think you go right tackle with being the biggest need. But if not, then it is outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's not because of the supporting cast the Broncos have. The supporting cast, if Bradley Chubb was living up to the number five overall pick, that supporting cast would be good enough uh, to be at least an average defense. I love what I saw from Jonathan Cooper. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Jonathan Cooper, Malik Reed, they're not a number one. And right now, Bradley Chubb is not a number one. And you can't count on him being a number one uh, at pass rusher. And you kind of have to have that guy to have a good enough defense. Mace, do you realize how many sacks Bradley Chubb has in the past three years combined? Uh, they let, let's see. There be I think one in 2019, mm-hmm. and was it seven and a half in 2020, mm-hmm. and none last year. So eight and a half. Eight and a half sacks yeah. in three years. Now, he he's had, missed a lot of time, but uh, well, of course, it, but, but that plays play, into the equation right, too. But, but he's still. I mean, I'm just going to spitball it here because I don't have it in front of me. He's played uh, what? Um, twenty-six games. games. Twenty-five. Yep. Okay, yeah, eight and a half sacks in twenty-five games. Right. Pardon my French. That's piss poor. Yep. It it is. It absolutely is, and that's for why a number it, one edge rusher. Exactly, and so that's why it makes that position of need so big going into the draft. And so, Macy, you talked about a couple of the names that we should keep an eye on. Obviously, it does not seem like Hutchinson is lasting until nine. He's probably going to be the first or second pick. Uh, Thibodeau, he's, uh, you know, a top five player in this draft. The way he falls to nine is if there's a run on quarterbacks. And we've talked about how don't be fooled. The quarterback is going to be taken in the top five. It is hard to imagine four quarterbacks being taken before the Broncos, and I think that's kind of what you would need in order for Thibodeau to move down to the Broncos' pick at nine. So let's say both of those guys are gone. Is there anyone worth taking with that nine pick? I mean, David Ojabo from uh, Michigan is kind of he's kind of borderline for me, okay, as somebody that uh, that I, I'd take. I mean. I'm not afraid of a one-season wonder, and that's basically what he was at, at Michigan. He, all 11 sacks that he had there for the Wolverines came last year. He's he's sufficiently productive. 
I don't think the value is bad, but it's part of how this draft is so wide open. If you take the mock drafts, and again, I mean, they're, you know, they're not worth much, but it's interesting to get an aggregation in mock drafts, right? Mm -hmm. And you see Ojabo going anywhere from what? Six to 26. Yep. There's, there's a wide range for him. Let's say he's somebody you're thinking about, but you're also thinking about you know, the the defensive tackle and the edge from Georgia. You start you're thinking about maybe okay, uh, you know what if uh, for example you mentioned you, know, you mentioned right tackle right yep and who was the and and who was the guy that beyond the quarterbacks who was the guy that everybody was talking about down at the Senior Bowl. It was from Northern Iowa, Trevor Penning, right? Yep. Okay. Could you get him? Could you move down and get him? Right. right. And there's somebody who could, who not only could solve right tackle, but if Bowles takes a step back, could yep. make a transition to left tackle. And you may find that, okay, uh, maybe you move down, but the long-term value for, for Penning is better than it is for Ojabo. Uh, for Ojabo. I mean, this is... It's there are so many there are so many directions the Broncos could go in if they don't pick quarterback or if they don't need quarterback. I are mean, you are you taking Ojabo at nine? I'm. I'd rather trade down and take him. Okay. I'd rather I'd rather see if I can get him at twelve uh, at pick twelve to fourteen. Okay. If it's but again, you can only make a deal if somebody's willing to move up. Right. And of course, then the other thing is going to be if you do make that deal. Are you trading with a team that's picking twelve to fourteen, or are you picking? Are you trading with a team that's picking eighteen, nineteen, twenty? Because it's more, you know, it's more likely you're making that deal with a Pittsburgh or New Orleans, which is taking you down, and maybe is taking you out of the mix for Ochaba. Right, and it, part of it is you don't. This is a draft where I think it, there's an, there's enough quality there but maybe not elite quality. But there's enough across-the-board quality to where I don't think this is the— and, and the Broncos have enough positions that can be considered needs to where I don't think this is a draft where you suicide for one guy. Yep. I think if you get a, if you get a fair deal to move down and accumulate future capital, and again, kind of like the deals that you made in round three last year, and you can get, get a little bit more in, ter in terms of volume of picks— while be still being able to get, say, one of three or four players on your list, then I think that's what you do. And you, you mentioned have flexibility. That's what you need is flexibility here. And you mentioned right tackle, Mace. Would you take uh, Evan Neal or Charles Cross if they're there at nine? Because those are kind of the two top ten picks at tackle. I'd take Neal. I wouldn't take Cross. Why? I think Neal's a little bit more ready to go. And it right does now. seem like Cross over the past few right. months has kind of fallen down. Cross has fallen. I, th I think the one thing with Neal is that very much that's plug and play. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, as much as I'm intrigued by Penning, he may not be plug and play. Right. Now, I would say, you know, he, I would say this, he doesn't have as steep a transition as Quinn Miners does. <laughs> that's so it's, for sure. Northern Iowa is not no, Wisconsin right. Whitewater. And he did have, a, and he did have a, a season that he played last right. year. So it's not the same situation. And I would, I would certainly be drafting him to say he's going to be our starter right but is he a plus player right away that you don't know just yet even though in terms of the power that he displays 
there's a lot he has in common, you know, with Miners inside, Penning outside. The, in terms of the way that the, the drive they have off the snap, they have a lot in common. If, if you liked Miners, you're going to like Penning. Right. Right. But Neil is not, you plug in, plug him in on day one, and he's probably going to be immediately top half of the league at right tackle. Yep. At, absolutely. You know, and look, you, you, you watched Alabama. You're, yep. you're Mr. Alabama. I'm not telling you anything you don't right. already know right. about him. He's he's re- he's ready to go. He'll make your offensive line better the moment he walks into your building. And that's why I don't think he's going going to be there at nine. But if he is, that's your pick right but there. But you've seen some mock drafts that have Neil going really high. Yeah. Even, like, one. Yeah, exactly. That's why I don't which, think he's going to be there. Right. Which also kind of, t- again, tells you how how crazy this draft is going mm-hmm. to be. I mean, mock drafts are are I think more useless this year than any than any year probably since 2013. Yeah, the the infamous uh, Eric Fisher uh, EJ Manuel year. This oh, is a yikes. this is a better draft than 2013. I hope so. It, it is there. There's 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 more depth quality. There's more depth. I mean, in retrospect, the Broncos where they were sitting probably did just fine to find themselves a solid four year starting interior defensive lineman in Sylvester Williams. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there are so because there were so many busts out of that round one. The Broncos at least got themselves a guy who was a solid, reasonably helpful player. Yep. Yep. I, I, I agree with you. And so we talk about this and we're only talking about one position on offense, in my opinion, outside mm-hmm. of quarterback that the Broncos could take with the ninth pick, not moving down in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone else that we need to talk about? Wide receiver, running back, uh, tight end? Because I don't think so. If no. they're at nine, I don't think they're taking any of those no, guys. No, I mean, this is – it's. There's no reason to. No, and, I no, mean, there isn't. if they did, if they did pick wide receiver, no. my first reaction would be, has Matt Millen taken over George Payton's body? <laughs> yeah, that 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 would be so abs- It'd be so absurd to do that. Yeah. Now, tight end, I could see working into the conversation late day two, early sometime into day three. But that's if you want somebody who's a strong who's a stronger blocker, who can maybe fill that Eric Salbert role. Now, a lot of mock drafts have the Broncos going inside linebacker mm. with that nine overall pick. Uh, they have Lloyd Nicole Dean, Dean yeah. uh, exactly from Georgia, and like you said, Devin Lloyd from Utah. Do you think those are, are realistic? I think they're very realistic possibilities. I think so, too. And in fact, if I were, I'm not a betting man, as you know. If I were betting on a possibility, if the Broncos hang on to pick nine, I'd bet on Lloyd. Mm, I love it. And Lloyd, uh, kind of more so a, a do-it-everything linebacker. Yes. He, he, he's fine in the box, but what, what you really like about him is what he can do in, in space. And, again, he's somebody he will— both Lloyd and Dean are day-one starters— I think with the challenge the Broncos face in the AFC West, and this isn't to say Dean is bad in coverage, Lloyd looks just a, a notch better to me when I when I watch him, a little bit more fluid. I feel like I, I can see him I can see him going step to step and making a play a play against Travis Kelsey a little more than I can see that out in the Kobe Dean. And again, 
that that's what's so hard to find is the covers linebacker. Mm-hmm. It's what it, everybody is looking for the linebacker that can effectively cover t- those tight ends that are damn near unstoppable for most teams and have been damn near unstoppable for the Broncos in recent years. I mean, we saw like you know Jonas Griffin showed some spark late in the season. Mm-hmm. Then when you saw him in Week 17 in coverage. Sort of, it showed you kind of the limitations that somebody like Jonas Griffith has. Right, right, exactly. And these are guys that could be there at nine. Mm-hmm. The Broncos could get the first one off the board at nine. And it's a position, like we talked about, a big time need. So that is there. All right. Now, there's two more players I need to ask you about because we talked about cornerback, not a pressing need. We talked about safety, not mm-hmm. a pressing need. But we've had some people in the comment yep. section that have been asking about two guys specifically, even though it's not a pressing need. What if top prospects fall to the Broncos at nine? Let's start at safety. Kyle Hamilton is there at nine. Of course, the safety out of Notre Dame, absolute stud, viewed as a top five talent in this draft. Do you take him? Yeah. Mm. I like you, Caden Stearns, but I don't like you more than Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> right. Sorry. And, and it, wouldn't, it wouldn't really be close. And then you would, no. love, your, you would yeah. love your depth. Yes. With Caden Stearns being your top backup. That's there. There's enough here in this draft to where if somebody falls and the reason that they fall isn't a good reason, like right. a Warren Sapp 2.0 where they're where the guy's falling because of, you know, I'm not saying that this had the case for Kyle Hamilton, but has a has a positive marijuana test or something like sure, that. Sure. Like or it, even just quarter. There's there's yeah, an un, unexpected just, run on or, quarterbacks. Or yeah, just it's the way the the way the board falls, and that's why. I say, hey, you could bring Bobby Massey back after the draft because there are ways the board could fall, and you could be sitting there at the end of day two, and you're like, well, we got some really talented players. We love them. And generally speaking, you can't, over the long haul, you won't go wrong getting the best guys. But in that universe, you might be like, oh, we got to get a right, we got to sign a right tackle. And look, that can work. I, I remember we talked about 2013. I'm going to tell, I'm gonna tell a, a 2013 story here. Broncos went into that draft wanting to go edge round one. Mm-hmm. In the end, the value wasn't there. They picked Sylvester Williams. The next day, they've got Sean Phillips in the building, mm-hmm. and they sign him. Sean Phillips had a pretty good season, a 10-sack season for the Broncos yep. in that one year in 2013. And so, the, But that's the kind of flexibility you, you need to have. So... That's that's the scenario where I could see the Broncos not taking a right tackle and bringing Bobby Massey back is if something unexpected, like a Kyle Hamilton sitting there at nine. I mean, you, like Kayvon Thibodeau dropping, and then another guy dropping, and then uh, uh, more dominoes falling. Like maybe Sam Howell sitting there early in round two somehow. Right. Then, then okay, you, you pick Sam Howell, and then move on. And the other guy, kind of like safety, mm-hmm. is what if Derek Stingley Jr. is there Ooh. at nine? Last year, you used the ninth overall pick on Pat Sertan, a stud cornerback from the SEC. What if you paired him with another stud cornerback from the SEC with back-to-back mm. nine picks? Would you be open to that? Well, I, I love Derek Stingley's freshman year. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. You Six were picks. all about him. Yes. And he only played three games last year. He's coming off a foot injury. First, first things first. Got to get the medical on him. Yep. Let's say See, let's say medical passes. Med- medical checks out. It's up. This is one where this is a gut pick for me. I'm picking Stingley. I think this is so easy. It's crazy to say, Mace, but if you have potential 
Do you mm-hmm. Champ Bailey type of talents yeah. on both and sides? And he has Champ Bailey talent when healthy. Right. And he I, really, he I does. I mean, are you kidding me? Derek Stingley will be absolutely giving Pat Sertan a run for his Sertan money. Sertan might be CB2 long-term which if is you just, pick Derek Stingley, which, which is, is insane. Crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and that would be something where people would be scratching their heads. George Payton would be getting a lot of pushback on this pick. But for the long-term, yeah. Oh my goodness, this would be so exciting. Well, the thing that causes you to take your draft plan and rip it to shreds is if special talent unexpectedly falls into your lap. Yep, yep. I think Derek Stingley's a special talent. I think Hamilton is special talent. Yep. I, I, I think it's much more likely Stingley is there. Stingley is a legitimate possibility at this moment to be there at nine. Mm-hmm. And again, what does the medical say on his left foot? If he's fine, if Mace is making the call as I go into third-person nickname mode, that's the guy. I'm picking. I am picking him, and then I'm just. But even though, yeah, I know I need a quarterback. I know, but I I, I do love me some Derek Stingley. You know what I, this this that's is the thing. though, Mace. I, I, it's a it's a it's a gut and heart pick for me. This there are some because there are some players you just watch when you watch him you fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. In 2019, I fell in love with Derek Stingley. This would get me so excited, and it's also the rebuild pick here. Yeah. If you do this, you got the young coaching staff. Uh, you probably don't have a top quarterback because you still have that ninth overall pick, and you yeah. didn't trade it for an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson. I'm glad you brought Stingley up, by the way. And yeah. you're saying here, you're saying that it's okay uh, to. Uh, to not go quarterback because the quarterback class mm-hmm. is much better next year. This is a play for the future, and holy cow, let's say you land the quarterback in the draft next year. Oh, my goodness. You have a quarterback paired with this cornerback duo. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be dangerous because then the the dream goal is for your team to be good enough on offense where then you get leads in the future because you have that good corner, quarterback and then your corners just shut down opposing teams' passing attacks. Man, that is just so exciting. And then you know what? Why it is a play for the future is because that's not a pressing need this year. Mm-hmm. If you're going all in to win this year, you're probably going with the more pressing need inside linebacker, right tackle, uh, edge rusher this year. I'll tell you one thing though that comes up is, let's say you do that and you're saying, okay, we're just going get to get the best guy, but we're focused on QB in 2023. I think after that, you start moving into asset accumulation mode. Mm-hmm. As in, you would take a first-round pick that could be a late first-round pick next year for your first, second-round pick. Oh, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. And those deals do do sometimes come up. The, the current draft is always valued more in terms yep. of uh, in terms of trade equations than the, than the next one. Yep. I'm thinking of ways... That even if it's a late for likely a late first rounder trading with a team that's a Super Bowl contender, I'm thinking of ways that I can turn that pick early in round two into a late round one pick in 23. Yep. Oh my God. Even so- if it means sacrificing, hey, oh, oh, we'll throw we'll throw a a third rounder in to 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 make this work. Yep, yep. Oh my gosh, a dream yeah. scenario is just playing yeah. in my head right now. Oh, As a commenter me. says, yep. Bryce Young next year. Then you have Pat Sertan and Derek Stingley. Oh my goodness, sign me up. Are you prepared for the rough season that 
it might take to get Bryce Young. A hundred percent. Look, we've had the the pretty rough seasons, not full rough seasons. Right. And those are honestly worse than just knowing that you're going full tank job this year, being bad, to know that you're going to be much better. And man, with those two guys at cornerback, you are going to be set for decade. And somewhere else to sign me up is over at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a $1 bet on any NBA team to win this week and they win, you'll get $150 in free bets if they win. And no better way to start your account over at DraftKings Sportsbook than with $150 in free bets. That'll just help your account skyrocket from the start. There's so many good games coming up this week after the All-Star break. So make sure to check it out. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this $150 to $1 odds offer. You must deposit $5 for new customers only. Colorado only. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and mace let's jump into our DraftKings pick of the week right now and i'm gonna stay with football taking another long-term play here but i was going through DraftKings this morning and noticed something that just popped out that i thought why why is DraftKings overlooking this and it is the nfc west race for next year the los angeles rams who just won the super bowl let alone the division, just won the Super Bowl. They're plus 150. You can get plus money on the defending Super Bowl champs to win their division next year. Even if they lose Vaughn, they're still going to be really good. Aaron Donald's already talking about running it back. They're going to have Sean McVay next year. They're going to have Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay are only going to be better. Cooper Cup is probably only going to have a better connection with Matthew Stafford going into his second year. Odell Beckham Jr., I know he's a free agent coming off uh, an ACL tear. He'll be back when it counts as well. So I really like the Rams to at least win their division at plus money right now. That's a solid pick. Um, I mean, the one thing I would I would uh, say is, uh, what was the Rams' record? Twelve and five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they were fourth seed. They they weren't exactly a world beating team, right? And hey, to their credit, they won the close games in the playoffs. One four four playoff wins. Three of them were were nip and tuck, one score games. Mm-hmm. Good for them. I just, I think, I don't, I don't know that the Rams are a juggernaut. I think they're a very good team. Would not surprise me if they're back in the Super Bowl again, but they're not, they're they're not a juggernaut. That's that, fair. All they so, have to do is win but, their division. But like you said, plus odds. Right. That's it's the value play here. Right. So what are you going with? You got a value play? I don't have a value play. I'm having. I'm having a, a I'm having a bet against my team play. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, North Carolina nine and a half point favorites tonight against Louisville. I pronounced it correctly, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to. I think you take. I think you take Louisville there. Okay. As a, as an underdog going into Chapel Hill, especially one thing I will say is if you watched any of the, I doubt you watched Carolina Virginia Tech on Saturday, I but did if not. you did, what you saw is. Carolina, not a very deep team. One of the, the failings of Hubert Davis this year. He's had some injuries, but he hasn't really developed the bench like Roy Williams used to. And that team looked gassed throughout the second half and hung on uh, really kind of by the by the, by the skin of its teeth against uh, the Hokies there in Blacksburg. It was a big win for them, a quad one win that they needed. But having to turn around uh, about 52, 52 hours later, play Louisville, 
think this could be a tougher than expected night for the Tar Heels. Okay, there we go. And if you lose your bet, you win in your heart. So I like yeah. that play for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now I guess kind of the, the ideal thing for me would be uh, Carolina fail, failing to cover and still winning straight up. Mm-hmm. And then you get the best of all worlds. There but yeah, go. I look at that nine and a half, and I'm like, uh, this one, this one might be another knockdown drag on. They played a knockdown drag out game in Louisville uh, late earlier. Was it late last month? Earlier this month? I think it was actually. I think it was just. I think it was on February first, if I'm not mistaken. A controversial game, and I know there are some Louisville fans watching this show that or listening that are regular consumers of our podcast, and. Let me know how bad they felt the officiating was that night. And and if you're mm. feeling knocked out and dragged out right mm. now, you need to check out our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee to get that boost that you need of energy because not only is Strava Craft Coffee delicious coffee, but it packs a CBD punch that helps relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on. It helps relieve that. And so make sure to check them out. And when you do, over at StravaCraftCoffee.com, use code DNVR25 and you'll get 25% off your first order of Strava Craft Coffee. And then after that, subscribe to Strava and you'll save 20% on each and every order right after that. So make sure to check them out over at StravaCraftCoffee.com and smash that code DNVR25. Mace! Let's talk to the people. Our comment section's been popping. Really appreciate you guys tuning in, mm. specifically live and on YouTube. But let's jump to the super or the super chats first. Kale, what do we have? Super chat from Adam Wheaton coming in. We really appreciate that, Adam. Thank you so much. Next one from Jelly. He says, "Take Caleb. Uh, take Caleb. I can't read that, Mace. What do Alibi. we have? Uh, Alibi late." Coaches have a connection. Yes, Caleb Allaby couldn't read that for a second. What do you think about that, Mace? Or Allaby. Pardon me, from Western Michigan. Bronco to Bronco. You know what? Bronco to Bronco. Hey, I, I always say take day three quarterbacks, but don't don't plan on them. Don't don't no. plan around them. No. Don't plan around day three quarterbacks. Don't plan around day two quarterbacks. Okay? Yep. You pick them, great. But history shows their lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you have them in there. You, you I have no problem with with burning off a fifth or a sixth round pick on Ellaby. I say go ahead and do it, but but recognize but accept that prospect wise he he is who he is, and you don't go don't go don't go building your future around him. I mean, look, Broncos. I think one of the reasons they're in the the pickle that they're in is. Uh, is putting too much uh, stock on a second-round pick at quarterback. Yep, 100%. He can be someone you just draft, and I'm fine with doing that with quarterbacks every single year, but he's not someone you're planning on. Do not let him alter your plans for the future at the quarterback position unless he turns out to really be the guy. But, hey, it's the round wolf philosophy. He's a Hall of Fame general manager in part because he kept taking shots on late-round quarterbacks, bargain basement quarterbacks that were young year after year and then he was able to trade them for much more than their than their value even after he had Brett Favre he was doing that to me I'm picking a quarterback somewhere in the draft every year if it's my draft yep very so yeah yeah why not very fair very fair all right we have some non-super chats that we want to hit today as well and one coming in from Jewel says do you think we will stay in the defensive scheme or change it obviously might need different player types depending on that and this is actually a great point to tomorrow mm-hmm. we are meeting for the first time uh Evero we're meeting 
uh, Dwayne Stukes, the special teams coordinator, and we're going to meet the offensive coordinator, Justin Outen, at noon. So our show is going to not be at noon tomorrow. Stay put for an audio-only show that we'll be dropping. So everyone tuning in live, you can find our show tomorrow by going to wherever you listen to podcasts. Just type in Broncos and the DNVR Broncos podcast will be up there. So that's how to listen to us tomorrow. And Mace, that's also when we're going to find out exactly what the plan is on the defensive side of the ball. Right. And I I think what we're going to hear is that there're going to be some schematic there's going to be some schematic carryover. So part of it is you're not starting from from zero. Yeah. I do wonder if you're going to see if you're you're going to see uh, some some Wade Phillips elements because of course uh, Evero did work under Wade Phillips so maybe we're gonna see some more some more man concepts sprinkled in. It's something. It's it, he's Evero has such an interesting set of influences because he's worked under he, he's he's worked under Vic Fangio, he's worked under Wade Phillips, he's worked under Monty Kiffin. Now Monty Kiffin, that's Tampa too, right? Wade Phillips, that's you know minimum minimum blitz, lots of man, a lot of some some forty six concepts, and then we've seen what Vic Fangio has brought. So he has the ability to I think go in a lot of different directions, but I think you're going to see some degree of consistency. So you're not asking everyone coming back on defense to start from zero. I completely agree with you there, and something I would love is more man concepts with Stingley and Sertan, baby. Give it to me. Give it to me. All right, next one coming in from Alexander says, "We boys, we need Leo uh, Chenel, versatile middle linebacker who can rush the passer. Dude was a demon for the Badgers and would absolutely love him round two. Thoughts? Out of Wisconsin. Yep. Be fine. Would be absolutely fine Of course it would be fine with you. (laughs) Yeah, I, I was... I, I I'll say I was a little surprised he decided to come out early. Okay, but and I th- I thought he could have I thought he could have used another year, but be, would would definitely be be fine with that. The question is, you you want to get him with that first round two pick? I'd like to I'd like to see maybe if he slips to that to pick to pick sixty four. Okay, if that's the case. Okay, and that I would like to dressing inside linebacker then, and you know what I would love Mace. But he's a hitter. I mean, he's a he's a he's very much kind of a th- he's a thumper type of linebacker. Yeah, and like is he, that what the that, Broncos need? He, yeah, he's not a he, he's not going to be a wizard in coverage. He's he's going to he's going to be somebody who is who who's going to provide a lot of provide a lot of pop. Yeah, that's front. not what the Broncos need. Broncos want pop. They got Josie Jewell, Alexander Johnson. But uh, he's got some pass rush ability too. Yep, and, and that that's, is something that, to provide, especially that, if they don't address uh, edge right away. And that's the thing that kind of jumps out to you is good is he can de- he can definitely sell, he can if you're going to drop your edge and you're going to rush from in, from the inside linebacker spot, Channel can certainly provide that and excellent against the run. Okay, you know what? I'm a, I'm okay with him. If they get Derek Stingley round one. And Pat Sertan paired up with him. There we go, baby. All right, Mace, let's jump into our comment section from our subscribers and our members and get to the couple comments that we have. The first one coming in from the chat says, My boys, it is starting to look like A.A. Ron and Russ won't be coming to Denver, so plan B is most likely. I think I like this. It forces the decision on Denver, and they will need to roster plan to get a quarterback of the future versus a short-term roster build around on one of these elite quarterbacks. Given that, 
What will the ninth overall pick be used for? Well, the Chad, <laughs> you're going to love our conversation that we had in the first and second segment as we kind of dove all into that right mm-hmm. now. Man, I'm all in on Stingley falling yeah. to nine. Yeah, I, I'd love Stingley, but that being said, if Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton identify one of these quarterbacks and say, okay, we believe in him, we believe he he can run our offense well, then I have no qualms with them doing that. Yep, and, they, and, and the conversation's are, over. Right, you if, get they, that guy. if they are committed to one of these guys, whether it's Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Sam, Sam Howell Kenny Pickett, I doubt it will be Pickett just because of the hand size. Mm-hmm. But again... Who knows? I mean, maybe those exercises are going to get him to nine inches. <laughs> and we'll find out next week at the combine. Well, presumably, unless yeah, potentially, unless with uh, the mess that's he's going one on of the there. players who doesn't who who may not show up. This is, I think, this is going to be resolved amicably. I, I do too. There's too much on the line here. Yep. And also, I mean, the NFL basically just pulled back on the bubble for the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, yep. and now they're do and it just. There's a there's an inconsistency here. It's going to be fine, on. and if it's not, if the NFL doesn't pull back, Mace, this could be the end of the combine. I mean, well, a, 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 as we know it for the, the NFLPA would actually like to see an end of the combine. Yes, they would, and we and saw it with the statements that they had. Yes, very 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 strongly, they they would like to see the players work out in the environments that they know mm-hmm. on their college campuses with you know in in, the, in like throwing to teammates. Right. Like if you're a quarterback. It's obviously better if you're throwing to people that you've been practicing with for years rather than receivers that you just showed up to work with at Indianapolis. Absolutely, and and it's a very weird dynamic that's going Mm -hmm. on because these players, these college players, aren't part of the NFLPA right now. So the NFLPA can't, you know, they they, they can be on their side, but they can't fully be representing them now. Right, it's it's. Really strange. So it's something to watch the next five days. It is. It is. Next one uh, coming in from Peyton Manning. YT says, my boys, what's up? Four short things for you today. Okay, let's take these one by one, Mace. One, boy, do I love Three Ring Circus. It's so funny and tons of fun. So glad you guys are doing it again this offseason. And now the last day of the work week will truly be fry. Yay. Yeah. Love it. So glad you enjoyed our first one this past Friday. And I can't wait for Mace to be on his first one mm-hmm. this Friday as well. Number two. Crazy how Curry hit 16 three balls last week, but love to see my Cavs represented in the All-Star game. What position would Jokic play if he was on the Broncos? Uh, he seems like he'd be a pure athlete that could play almost any spot. Well, it's it's obvious to say quarterback because of what we see on the outlets. Yeah. Yep. But he's that kind of guy who I think he could he could play tight end and he's and, and I think he could run routes that kind of lull defenders to sleep a little bit mm. catch him catch him napping yep so yeah I, i'm going i'm going the obvious one quarterback mm-hmm. because we've seen him throw it like all the way down the court but then just his his passes are so good in the lanes i could see him being deep ball thrower while also yeah. being accurate short yep i love that three did you guys see the group of people who are trying to buy the broncos with crypto probably nothing but seemed interesting don't waste your time on that absolutely yes. nothing to it i agree by the way like the one th- like one thing that i do not get is crypto <laughs> there's some people over at dnvr that can help you with that i know it's like i, I like it's just too much <laughs> <laughs> for hot take 
Drew Locke can actually be good, not great, with Hackett's outside zone slash play action bomb scheme. This offense plays perfectly to Drew's strengths, play action boots, half field reads, and stays away from his weakness, full field reads, decision making. That being said, see if you can get a Devin Lloyd type of player at nine. Drew is in a perfect scheme, is easily quarterback one in this class. Take Lloyd or a stud wide receiver at nine, use a second on Trey McBride and another on an offensive tackle. Realistically, Trey won't be there at 40, but... You never know. Thanks, guys, and peace out. If a QB is scheme-dependent, unless you're talking about 2013, he's not QB1 mm. in a class. Mm. If he's entire, if if it's entirely dependent on, on being in, in the perfect scheme, he's not QB1. And I don't think he's QB1 in this class, but I, I think he's in the conversation for potentially two or three. And, Macy, you kind of mentioned it right there with being scheme-dependent. Mm. I do think that this offense would be best suited for Drew. Mm-hmm. However, I think there are limitations to that, though. He's not just going to, in this offense, be a top 15, top 10 quarterback that you need to succeed. He's still going to have limitations. But I do think this offense fits him the best it ever has. I think it'll maximize him, but what is that maximization? It's kind of like the, the offense maximizes Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. but she would be unwise to give him a long-term contract. I think that what this can maybe do is increase Drew Locke's value a little bit, but then you're still you're saying, "All right, we're still going back, we're still going back in the pool in, in next year." I mean, to be honest, like and not looking at the quarterbacks in this year's class, Kenny Pickett makes better decisions. Malik Willis has better overall tools. Sam Howell has a be- has better deep ball accuracy. Right. And all three of them are better runners. Now, Locke has kind of shown the flashes late in the season, but one thing that particularly Willis and Howell have is a body type that can take a little bit more of a punishment than Drew Locke does as mm. well. Yep, and then so. that's something that history yeah. ha- has on yeah. your side that, that would prove that. And something I am saying that, something I am coming around to is Drew Locke just being the guy instead for this year because mm-hmm. instead of drafting a quarterback that you don't really like, uh, instead of going out and signing a Teddy Bridgewater to even things out, I'd be okay with going Drew Locke, and it's really just an all-or-nothing sort of thing this season. I, yeah. And that is not a play for this year. And if it turns out to be a play for this year, then you love it. I would be very surprised, though, if that's, that were the case. I don't think Drew's getting the job without competition. I know people don't want to hear competition again, but I think it's more likely that you get into free agency and if you haven't gotten a Rodgers or a Wilson type of quarterback, that you are maybe taking a swing on Marcus Mariota. Yeah, and that's something that I think would happen. I don't think the Broncos are going to go Drew without any competition by any means, but I would like that more than going Marcus Mariota. What? Going just with Drew. I, I don't want another bridge. Yeah. Because Mariota, bridge is the worst place to go. Is Mariota a bridge? Absolutely. See, I, I I think there's still enough there to where you might be able to you might be able to get something out of him. Uh I would just I Tyrod mean, Taylor's a bridge. Right? Yes. You bring him. Yes. Mariota was a backup last year. Yeah, he's yeah, backup behind a a very good quarterback, as Vic Fangio noted. Absolutely. He is yeah. a great quarterback. I love Derek Carr. <laughs> he, I think Mariota would have – I think Mariota is one of the probably 24, 26 best quarterbacks walking the earth. Is he a big upgrade on Drew Locke? See, I, I, don't know. I agree that's, with you. Maybe yeah. he is 24 to 26, yeah. and that's that's a bridge. Yeah, That's a bridge. I don't I mean, want there, it. I think Greg Rosenthal had Drew Locke 47. 
Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, I certainly think yeah. there's an argument that Mariota yeah. would be a would be an upgrade. But that's what I'm saying. I don't want an mm-hmm. upgrade that gets the Broncos the ninth overall pick. Yeah. I want the the upgrade that gets the Broncos into top ten conversation, or the Broncos either take a swing on a rookie just to just to see if there's anything there, or they just try to take a swing on Drew to see if there's anything there. And the the floor is also lower. Hack it with Locke might get you back to the ninth overall. It pick. may. If you really it look, if it's about maximizing next year's pick, you know what you're doing. What? Brett Rippin, baby. <laughs> and I don't think that will be the case, but we'll certainly Brett be Brett Rippin for plus, it. like, you, just for giggles, you take, like, a Desmond Ritter at the end of round two or in round three. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's, maybe, yeah. man, that would be something. And maybe or Ellaby. It's, it's, it's been something being on this podcast something. with you. Like I said, tomorrow we're going to be audio only, so make sure to tune in where you find podcasts, and we'll be back live on Wednesday to break down our conversation that we're going to have with the Broncos, the all three coordinators tomorrow. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. We really appreciate it. Hit us with a thumbs up before you get out of here. And thank you. We will be back with you tomorrow on an audio-only pod, and we'll be back live on Wednesday. For Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Thank you all so much. Have a great day off if you have today off, and if not, have a great rest of your week. How long has it been since you now Roll out the truck and took a country drive Now understand that you need some time
Mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.